0: Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for August has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is Dr. Drang. He's a consulting engineer and relatively infamous on the internet as a nerd commentator. Uh how you doing Dr. Drang? I'm doing fine, Brett. How are you? Good. Can I call you Doc?
1: You 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 may.
0: All right. It's easier to say than Dr. Drang. Um so let's see. You are uh, among this kind of uh this crowd of uh, I will say it like this, uh, within my nerd bubble, mm-hmm. you you are an elder. And I I don't mean to say that as you're old, but you are wizened, and and you have an interesting interesting perspective (laughs) on all of these things that happen. It is uh, it's different, I guess. Uh, Yeah, I have become
1: uh, like the uh, my age, at least, has become the uh, the standard punchline on back to work. Like, they'll start off talking about whole, how old Merlin is, and then suddenly it, it becomes, oh, well, at least you're not as old as Dr. <laughs> um He's catching up, because I've decided, I've decided not to uh, get any older.
0: <laughs> you have a Peter Pan syndrome? Uh, what, uh, it's too late for that. I, uh, when I was um, 21, no, when I was 22, I got a fake ID that said I was still 21. Because I so uh-huh. very much did not want that era of my life to end. Uh, well,
1: that's uh, you've learned since then that uh, 22 is probably better than 21.
0: I have learned. I am very happy getting old now. Yeah, getting older.
1: Your forties because forties are rough. Um, only because you um, you see photos of you when you were 40. And then you look at yourself, and you're in your 50s, and those you, you age a lot during that time. I believe it, Plus, especially if you have kids.
0: like prostate exams and everything, I've heard that starts at the age of 40. Uh, Probably should start earlier. <laughs> it's <laughs> not uh, in a hurry. I, I,
1: no, I think uh, no. Uh, that was later. That was later than that. Uh, the colonoscopy starts at 50, though. I've already uh, had. Two. Life begins at 40, colonoscopies begin at 50. Dep- well, if you have a history, a different story.
0: Oh, I have a history.
1: Yeah, well, if you, if you have a family history or whatever, yeah, they, they'll start you earlier. But uh, for the rest of us, they start at 50.
0: Okay, well, I've got a few years then. So, let's see. You were a good been... start to the program. <laughs> well, colonoscopies? hmm I, I find, I find it's a, a great, great conversation starter just about anywhere i even i carry pictures on my iphone no mm-hmm. i don't actually honestly i do but i've never shown them to anyone to start a conversation i do have i have pictures of of four spots inside my uh my own colon cool i don't know if that's cool
1: well you know if somebody if somebody steals your phone at least they'll have something interesting to look at.
0: <laughs> i can identify it to the cops
1: yeah well that <laughs> yes that's that's right or your surgeon
0: can, anyway. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So I, I want to talk about music with you for a minute. We've uh, we've gone we've gone uh, back and forth on the web a few times on Twitter, especially uh, about uh, things like punk rock. Yes. Um, what would you say your right now at this point in your life? What is your primary musical interest? If you had to narrow it down to one or two genres.
1: Well, I still have, uh, I still have a lot of interest in, in, um, certain t- accessible jazz, uh, uh, which would be sort of the Miles Davis pre bitches brew stuff. Um, obviously I'm a huge Beatles fan and I like a lot of stuff of that era, the British invasion stuff. Uh, I like a lot of garage, uh, band stuff from, again, from the 60s. And I do like, I I was around, uh, I was the right age to have a mohawk and uh, be into uh, punk rock when it really came out. Not this whatever, uh, there are a lot of young people (laughs) who seem to think that they know about, not know about it, anybody can know about it if if you look back, but they seem to think that they lived through a punk rock era in the 90s and I, I don't know what that, you know, punk rock was the seventies and uh, I was a teenager in the seventies and I wasn't all that into it at the time. Although I did like the clash little bit, you know, sort of on the tail end of, of, uh, punk heading into new wave and like Delvis Costello. Um, so, you know, that's kind of stuff I, I like listening to. It's, I like listening, to, like most people who are middle-aged, I like listening to stuff that was around when I was young or possibly earlier than I was young. I like a lot of blues, uh, especially Chicago blues, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf. Um,
0: that's that's good that stuff. Area. Yeah. Do you find that, do you pick up new bands now and then at, at this point in your life, or do you still always feel like what you had you know, 20, 30 years ago is better than anything that's coming out today?
1: Oh, well, there's no question that what was around 30 years ago is better than than (laughs) now. That's just, that goes without saying.
0: That's just science.
1: Uh, My wife, (laughs) yes, that's right. It's a proven (laughs) fact. Um, My wife is much better at keeping up with things than I am. Um, And, you know, your kids kind of introduce you to things, but not really because I'm curmudgeonly and I... you know, I was listening to uh, uh, the prompt today, and you know those four youngsters were there uh, three youngsters rather were, were talking about jay-z 's album, and I, I, it it does nothing for me. I do try to listen, but it just things like that don't do much for me. Well, while there is occasionally a lot of, there's oh, an interesting thing, but there's a lot not of new often.
0: music I like, but I will agree that new Jay-Z does not really do it for me um. What was your first record or album? Oh, uh oh uh gee.
1: Probably it was Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. Uh the first one that I actually that I actually bought with my own money uh, uh I think was Sgt. Pepper. Um and then, you know, I ended I I built up a complete Beatles collection, a lot of the Who, lesser of the Stones. I was going to ask
0: you uh, if you had to choose I I know the answer, but if you had to choose Beatles or The Who for which band you wanted to be in, which would you choose? Oh,
1: well, you've got a much better chance of survival if you were in The Beatles. I'm
0: not talking Um, about survival. I'm talking about what you want. I... I, um. it's okay to say The Beatles. I, I think it would be The Beatles. I'm not
1: sure that I would like having... Paul McCartney tell me what to do all the time, <laughs> which is certainly the way things turned out, uh, uh, in the later stages of the band, you know, there are the, the, the scenes of him talking to George Harrison and telling him how to play guitar, uh, in, in let it be are just, are just, uh, priceless. Um, but, uh, I'm sure George didn't think so at the time.
0: <laughs> no, probably not. There's, a uh there's a song by a band called metric that asks the question Beatles or the Rolling Stones. And I've always thought the chances of survival in, in the Rolling Stones are actually pretty good. If you look at how well Keith Richards has done. (laughs) Yes. If you want to call that well, but
1: you know, you you (laughs) completely take out all of your blood, put new blood in that
0: can rejuvenate you. It's a petrifying process. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so so early on, Beatles, what did you think about, like, you mentioned garage, like 60s garage music. Um, What about bands like The Animals?
1: The Animals are fun. Um, You know, I I kind of like, yeah, I I did like The Animals. I didn't like later Eric Burden stuff because he got um, Ponderous. You know he he thought he had something to say, and he really not, he didn't have anything to say he was he was just like a, a fun guy who yelled a lot and that and that was that was cool in the animals but uh, uh no late later eric burden not 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 a big fan of
0: I'm with you all right, all right, okay, we could probably talk music a long time wow. we could but but there is another topic I want to dig in on. Hey,
1: you know, before you book So do you know of the Clash as being the only band that really matters? Oh no. No that yeah that's what they were known as uh among you know, cool people in in the late seventies. Um so, because, like the ramones Well everybody else matter? had sold out. Everybody else had sold out. And huh. um you know, the Clash was the only ba- because you have to realize in the seventies there's there's Tremendous amount of crappy music in the seventies. Yeah, I mean, I'm all of those arena rock bands, Journey, Sticks. My God, Sticks. Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: Sticks. Of course, being from Chicago, you could not turn on the local radio station WLS without hearing Sticks. They promoted Sticks very heavily, and oh, it's awful stuff. Oh my God, it's awful stuff.
0: They still had radio hits when I was a kid. Well, which would have yeah. been the eighties. Well they got uh uh
1: well that's when Mr. Roboto came out, of course. Right. Which was you know my- <laughs> there's there's nothing worse than Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Even for sticks that was bad. And that's saying a lot.
0: Yeah. Well I was telling you before the show that I I grew up in a house that really did not uh will say condone rock and roll. And and I was not uh really allowed to expand my musical knowledge in in any way until I had moved out at 18 well 17 but um, and so I spent like I spent that first year away from home and then every year since then just researching and digging and going through piles of vinyl and and tape and then you know like amassing digital music collections of things that I really didn't know existed until it was almost the year 2000, and uh, so like I built a, a, what I consider to be a fairly impressive musical history knowledge, but it's all been very like I didn't live through these times as someone listening to the music. Like punk rock became my favorite, and and I I was a punk rocker for for many years in the nineties. Um, well, actually, yeah, or late no, '90s, late '90s and into the aughts, yeah. but but I accepted that what I was doing was something that had started 30 years prior, mm-hmm. like, and I knew the history of it, and I and we didn't pretend we were a new movement. We we knew that we were following more of um, a fashion that had become a movement that eventually in my era became like a a a political force to an extent that punk rock in the 70s was not in 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 my understanding of history it it not, was not a musical either. force and it was a fashion force but uh. they didn't have the activism that you find in like the late 90s early 2000s
1: in the states, that's true, but in England, punk rock was, in the seventies was definitely a political force. Absolutely, that's
0: that's true. I mean, when you look at the Pistols stuff, um, even just M- even just M-class. the pistol stuff alone, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But yeah, in in the U.S., it it seemed like it was a lot of Mohawks and studs. I, I think there was a line in uh, I think it was Day of the Dead or Dawn of the Dead. Return of the Living Dead, one of, the, the, one of them had a punk rocker, and he's in a graveyard, and he's like, you think this is a, a fashion? This is a lifestyle. <laughs> and that always cracked me up when I was yes. young enough to Although care. Although with
1: Malcolm McLaurin, it was, de- it was, it was, uh, it was a fashion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he yes. sold it as a lifestyle, but it was, for him, it was a fashion. All right. All right. Well, that was fun. You have anything else you want to interject? No, I'm sorry. No, I I took you off track on that. Not at all. Not at all. But we are at a point where I'll go ahead and do a sponsor read, and then we will talk about my next topic. Our next topic. This is a team effort. Uh. All right. So Hover.com brings this episode to you today with Simplified Domain Management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple .com or maybe a .co or .tv. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain name you're interested in into their search box, and Hover will tell you if it's available. And if it's not, it will come up with some suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords, and Hover will offer some available domains using those terms like a digital eye of Sauron. They've just announced that uh, from now until September 30th, you can get a .me for only $15 a year. It's a great alternative to .com, so take control of your online presence and get a .me. Do as much or as little as you want with your .me, like setting up an online portfolio or even just forwarding it your Twitter feed. Um, check out more about .me at hover.com slash blog. Hover now supports Google Apps for Business, including Gmail, Calendar, Drive, and more, all for just $6 per user per month, and the great part is that you can try Google Apps for Business free for 30 days. They have real human beings available for support, and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Somebody just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more, and if you use the code me, or visit Hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from Hover.com. All right, so. You know, y- you should
1: insist on a Brett sent me.
0: I, uh, I should. You know, as, as a punk,
1: you know, you, sh- you, should, you should stand <laughs> up to the man.
0: T.T. <laughs> T. scoff and, <laughs> sent me. Yes. Well, that's a little hard to spell, but. Uh, it's T.T. T. and scoff. It's not I, that hard. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's hard it's hard when you hear it and not see it. Yes. yes. In fact, when you see it, it's kind of a jumble of letters too.
1: It's it's easier to type than it is to say. Yes. That's
0: true. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about digging in. You I read your blog mm-hmm. regularly and you. and you write you write pieces about things that I wouldn't normally even think about caring about.
1: And, yeah when I mean, you'd probably be better off most of the time, too. Well,
0: but it fascinates me that that someone like you really dissects these topics um I'm, I'm thinking of one and and you'll have to remind me, but there was one where your lawnmower had uh i think a bolt had had in essence exploded. Does this well, sound no, familiar?
1: I- it had fractured. It is not exposed. Well, the way
0: you described it, though, you talked about the shear points and the way that, or the the stress points, mm-hmm. and like for me, that would have been a trip to the hardware store. For you, it was it was like graphs and statistics and and all kinds of craziness.
1: Well, you have to realize, I mean, that's what I do for a living, and and it's hard to turn that sort of thing off. Uh, so, I mean, what I what I do for a living is look at things that are broken or try to figure out and try to figure out how they broke, why they broke, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so that's my, that's my area of expertise. That's what I, that's what I do my consulting in. And, um, so when I see broken things, I can't help it. I, I look at them and try to figure out why they broke. So yeah, I, I, just brought that one up. And it's got, it's got a really, I, I took a very nice picture of the fracture surface in this one. I, I have to say that was one of my better photographs um, of, of the fatigue failure and, and how the, how the crack progresses. And it was a, it was an easy post to write because that's the sort of thing that's on my mind all the time. That's uh, one of, one of the fastest posts I've ever written, I think. Um, cause it, cause it's just, that comes naturally to me.
0: Wouldn't it be safe to say, though, that the reason you do that for a living is because you do have a proclivity for that kind of exploration?
1: Oh, I, I suppose so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, um, that I'm in the field that I'm in because, well, I like it. And I think I like it because I'm pretty good at it. I think those two feed off of one another. Uh, I got better at it because it interests me. Uh, it interests me because I like it. And the reason I'm able to continue to like it is because I can progress in it. As I study more, I, I, I'm, I'm able to, I don't hit barriers. Uh, I, I kept learning, uh, without coming to a point where I said, well, I can't do this anymore. I've, I've hit my wall. I've, I'm, 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 I'm finished. Uh, you know, so that's, so that kind of, um, Positive feedback as you're learning something, of course, makes you learn more.
0: Define a barrier for me, because you seem like someone who sees a barrier and immediately starts to break it down.
1: No. Well, uh, that's because you don't you don't see the things that I've uh, over the time just sort of abandoned. Uh, There was a time when I thought uh, I was going to do uh, woodworking as a hobby. And I wanted in particular to do woodworking mostly with hand tools rather than with uh, power tools. And that was largely due to the amount of space we had in the basement at the time, things like that. I just wasn't all that good at it. I mean, I think I was maybe better than a lot of people would be at it, but it wasn't uh, I, I never produced anything that was up to my standards, which were largely my father's standards. My father was uh, not that he said anything bad about the things I did, but I knew what he was able to do and I couldn't do it. And at some point I decided, you know, I'm chasing something here that I'm never going to be, I'm going to be frustrated if I continue along this path. I just don't have it uh, the way dad did. And so I stopped. Now, it's not to say that I don't still, uh, you know, knock things together every once in a while um, and, uh, you, you know, make replacement parts or something like that if I need to. But I know that I am uh, not a craftsman in that area and never will be one.
0: Are you a good uh, auto mechanic?
1: I don't care about cars in any way, which is <laughs> weird for an engineer. Um, I enjoy taking apart bicycles and putting them back together, but cars don't interest me much at all. Now, I, I have a feeling that if I really got into it, I would be interested in it. I mean, because there are obviously there are a lot of things that match up with my, my general uh, areas of interest. But I I was never one of those people who I don't care about what car I drive particularly. I don't – I can't identify cars on the street uh, the way – It's a little bit harder now, I think, than when I was a kid. But when I was when I was a kid, uh, all my friends uh, could identify cars by their profile, you know, as they went down the street. I never could, never cared about it.
0: This is extremely interesting to me because my father was an excellent woodworker and Mm. a a very skilled car mechanic. In addition to being a mechanical engineer, Mm -hmm. and I don't care about cars. I'm not good at woodworking. And and for much the same reason, like, I think I could be good at either, but I constantly think that my father wouldn't even have to think twice about making what I just spent four hours on. Like, it would be yeah. just, you know, he'd be done with it a long time ago. And, and for me, I'm just, I'm more inclined to do things that I know I can do well and that I know will come out with a product that, you know, my dad or anybody would be able to look at and say, hey, that's really good. Definitely yeah, I mean, a path of it, least yeah. resistance.
1: Well, yeah, and it, but it's not it's not like you're being lazy about it either. I mean, there's a lot of hard work that goes into the things that you do and the things that I do. It's just it seems less like hard work when you're making progress. And, and and you you you're picking it up, and it's and it's coming along. And even though sometimes you do hit you do hit barriers of some sort, you know, based on what you've done in the past in this area, that you're going to be able to push through it. And uh, in in some areas, I know that I'm going to be able to push through. If I run into a snag, in other areas, uh, you know, I. I know that I'm not. And, and you know, one of the things that um, happens to you as you get older is you start to learn. Uh, you learn more about yourself and you learn what you're good at, what you're less good at. And you try to shift your life into as much as you can into the areas that you're good at because you have more fun. You still uh, should, at least, um, push yourself. And keep learning new things and all that. That's that's part of what makes uh, your time on this earth fun. Um, But there's no there's no reason to beat your head against a brick wall.
0: Agreed, agreed. I just uh, God, I'm philosophical. You are. It's deep. Yeah, my dad made um, configurable bunk beds for us when my brother and I were young. Mm-hmm. And y- they could stack into a standard bunk bed, or you could take them apart and they made two singles, uh, perfectly, you know, perfectly well. And I actually carried that bed, my half of the bed, to <laughs> me, well, uh, with me to college, through college, and for like the first two years after I got out of college, I still slept in that bed my dad made, and it was solid and sturdy. And I, I think that. <laughs> anything I've ever made out of what I've compared to that bed and said, would I be willing to sleep in this for, you know, 12 years of my life? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely far more fulfilling, fulfilling to, to do things that you don't have to compare to predecessors, uh, by doing something new, something, uh, ingenious, if you will. Like kind of veering off the path.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not that I'm not, I mean, I'm certainly, my dad was an engineer and uh, so am I. So it's not like I'm, you know, trying to stay away from him so that I would never compare myself to him or not. It just happens, you know, in, in certain areas, um, I know what good work is because he yeah. was the example of what good work is. And I know that I will not be that good or, or even close to that good let me, let me move over to the things that I'm good at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that way of putting it. I like that. All right. What time is it? Yeah. Okay. It's time for sponsor two. You ready? I am ready. Are you a Shutterstock fan? I, I
1: no. I, I've always taken my own photos, but it's really, I, I'm, I'm interested. You know. I hear, obviously I hear these, uh, the, uh, the, the sponsorships all the time. And it sounds like their website and, and the way you can look for things is really cool.
0: Well, yeah, and you kind of you're not a graphic designer. Uh,
1: uh, no, that's another area <laughs> that I know
0: uh, some things about myself on. So, so if you are a graphic designer though, or you have a need for other people's stock photography, uh, Shutterstock.com, uh, it, you can find 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Uh, you can start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project, which pretty much excludes uh, engineering projects and SharePoints and what, whatnot. But Shutterstock.com gives you a global image collection to find images from around the world to suit your project. Choose, from between, choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your needs and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that too. You do you use images on your blog, Doc? Yeah.
1: Well, as I say, usually, uh, well,
0: yeah, they are. They're they're all photos of like screenshots.
1: You know, I'm looking at Shutterstock right now, and I have to say, they're they're not to cast aspersions. Their collection of fracture surface photographs not the greatest in the world.
0: You could probably make some money there. (laughs) You should offer up your collection.
1: And the problem is my collection is proprietary. Mm. It's owned by my clients. <laughs> they, have a lot of, they have a lot of good photographs here of cracked stuff, though. I will say
0: that. Well, and what's great is uh, it's more affordable than you think because there's no extra charge for large files. You can download any image at any size and pay just one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. So if you did find that perfect fracture image you could have yourself a billboard sized version of it for the same price and you can easily curate and share pictures via light boxes you can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own light box gallery as you search you can also use their ipad app to do this and there's something called enhanced license access if you like an image and want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows they can get you an enhanced license for any image They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips should you need any of those. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you can get get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. You can sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com, no credit card needed. And when you find the images you like and you decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME8. SENTME 8 won't work. But Dan sent me 8. We'll get you 30% off of any package you put together over at shutterstock.com. Fight the
1: power, Brett. You got you got to go with us. You <laughs> got to <laughs> insist.
0: Man, I will, I will make some demands of the man. All right. Um so let's do uh some top 3 picks and see where that leaves us for time. Okay. Would you like to begin?
1: I will I will begin and my first pick is a pen. It is the Uniball Jetstream RT, I believe. I have. Um, I, I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of note taking by hand um, when, I, as part of my job, and uh, I am have been over the years searching for a good pen that is. Starts writing right away, is relatively portable, is a click pen because that's what I need, and very important, dries fast. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've also liked uh, a pen that's a little on the bold side because it's easier to see. Um, and right now, and for the past, whoa, I don't know, year and a half or so, uh, the Uniball Jetstream RT, I use the one millimeter size, which seems like it's ungodly wide, but actually these run a little narrow. So I would say that a one millimeter in the Jetstream is sort of like a 0.7 millimeter in another. Uh, in most other pens. Um, it gives a nice solid black line. Uh, I typically use black and um, dries immediately. So I don't smear over my stuff uh, when I have to go up and make edits or, or something uh, within a few seconds, it's, it's dry almost immediately. So great pen. I have, um, recently, re- and so I, I always have, an, an, when I'm working and, uh, doing my real job, I have a notebook around for, for taking notes and making sketches of, of what I'm working on. Um, I have recently moved back to having a hipster PDA though. Um, which uh, I, I haven't carried one of those since I got my iPhone uh, back in 2008, but it's it's nice, and and so having the Jetstream uh, in my pocket uh, uh, and and the uh, stack of index cards uh, clipped together uh, in my back pocket is is nice. It's nice to have that combination again.
0: I have so many questions. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, compared, have you used the 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 standard nerd bullet pen, the Fisher Space Pen?
1: Oh yeah, I had a, I carried a space pen around for quite a while, and uh, not say anything about against the fine people at uh, at Fisher. In fact, I I have there are some posts on my blog going you know way back uh, where I talk about having the Fisher Space Pen, and first. Uh, And I carried it around for a few years, but number one, I prefer a click pen to one that I have to take apart and put, you know, and flip around and it's just, it's just faster. Second, um, the, the space pen, because it uses pressurized ink Mm -hmm. as it sits in your pocket, a little glob of ink would form on the, uh, on the tip. And so I used to I used to wad up little pieces of uh, paper towel and shove it down into the into that end of the pen where the tip would go to absorb that. Uh, so I, I solved that problem, uh, and I'm sure there's a post I wrote about that. <laughs> uh, and um, but it just it didn't leave the greatest line in the world. The, the That's fishing. what I was
0: curious about is how and the actual
1: writing. So yeah, it was it was. Yeah, the actual writing, I felt, wasn't the greatest in the world. It was certainly very portable. I mean, definitely more portable than the Jetstream because it went down to the small size. But, you know, you, you have to pull it apart and flip it around and push it back together. To you know, And I eventually, somewhere I still have mine. I kept it for a long time. You know, when you buy a pen that costs $25 or something like that, for me anyway, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not Brad Doughty. Uh, I don't go buying $150 pens. Uh, when I, For me, when I have a $20 pen, I keep track of it. Uh, the Jetstreams, I, I do have a tendency to misplace occasionally because they're only a couple of bucks.
0: I show them at $7.08. That's probably for a three-pack, though. That is for a three-pack. You are yeah. correct. Yeah. Well, it looks, too, like the uh, just looking at the picture on Amazon with the Zoom it looks like it's got some kind of uh, like faux leather, rubberized grip on it. It's a little rubbery down at the grip, and, and it's, yeah, it's like stitched, faux stitched.
1: Oh, uh, let, let me see here. That's a little dark where I'm, I'm, I have mood lighting on now. Uh, here. I don't. I, uh, yeah, it's it's got a little texture. It's a little see through in a couple of areas, so you can, if you hold it up to the light, you can kind of see how much ink you have left. Huh. You. But not that there's any value to that, but because um, when you run out of ink, you've run out of ink. There's not much you can do about it. <laughs> uh, but it, but if you know, it feels okay in my hand. I'm not a big fan of fat rubber uh, tips on pens, but it, this this one is not especially fat and seems fine to me.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Here on. All right. So my first pick is going to be. Airfoil speakers. You ever use Airfoil?
1: I have not used Airfoil. I have uh, I've I've used what is it? it? What AirPlay? AirPlay, yes. I've used AirPlay yeah. on different speakers, but but not the Airfoil ones.
0: Well, like Airfoil itself is a twenty-five-dollar app that you can run on Mac, and I think they also have versions for Windows and maybe other platforms, but. Airfoil on Mac lets you send you, you, your current sound source to any airplay enabled device so I can send uh, Spotify to my Apple TV for example and right. play so it you're through.
1: not just li- you're not just limited to iTunes
0: right right yeah anything that makes audio I can pretty much send out to my living room stereo system uh, but airfoil speakers it does the reverse and it's a free app from the from the same developer that gives you on Mac iOS Android and Linux the ability to receive airplay audio from any airplay device including airfoil but um, like I can run airfoil speaker on my Mac Pro on the other side of my office where I have a 5.1 surround sound hooked up and I can from my iPhone or my MacBook Air I can AirPlay to that sound system on the Mac Pro flawlessly. It just shows up as an AirPlay device, and I can send it from any application, and I can listen to music in my office from my laptop on my plugged-in surround system. And that, to me, has been one of the greatest uh, apps on my Mac ever since I kind of split off and started primarily using my MacBook Air as my work machine. Mm -hmm. Um, Being able to still... Uh, use all that audio without having to constantly dock my my MacBook Air has been just awesome. I don't have
1: this product, but but I do I do and uh, but also I mean I use I I use Audio Hijack Pro all the time. Uh, I have a, a variety. I have elaborate systems set up to go out and record things over the internet and then. Put it into either my iTunes library or turn it into a fake podcast that only I am the subscriber to uh, things like that, and and I've used Fission a lot uh, for Morogamiga, so they uh, they make good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. Fission's pretty good too. I actually haven't found anything better for quick MP3 editing than Fission.
1: No, it's it's great. Uh, You know, it's it's easy to see what you're doing, the zooming in and and back, and the fact that when you're looking at an mp3 uh you don't have to turn it into some other format first to do your editing and then you know you end up losing something and then losing something when you turn it, turn it back into an mp3 you know it, it stays natively mp3
0: yeah yeah that's really cool all right so that's my second my two point my 1.2 pick could okay. be fishing too we'll just make uh, rogue amoeba a pick <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, well, you know, uh is that what else do they have? You know, I've
1: never used piezo.
0: Oh, I'm um, using piezo right now. In fact, there's a good chance this podcast is going to come from piezo.
1: Oh, cool. Uh I think I think it's because I I got so familiar with Audio Hijack Pro and it's and it's ins and outs that uh, piezo is kind of more like its younger brother. I I at least my impression that of it. That is
0: very much true. Yes.
1: Uh so that's why I didn't get it cuz I've got the big brother already
0: but when all you need to do is record a Skype call and split the incoming and outgoing audio into two hard pan channels piezo is all you need like like uh
1: there's a lesson for you young podcasters out there
0: <laughs> hard hard <laughs> like uh hijack pro just gets it can get complex and you can really i mean you can do some great things with it but you can also really get crosswired along the way, if you don't really understand your inputs and outputs.
1: Well, what I like about it is uh, I don't do that much complex recording, but what I do that's complex is like after the recording, running Apple scripts or other kinds of scripts that process things and move them into different places. And uh, that's where uh, Audio Hijack Pro really shines.
0: I did an article once for Tua. Um, I had this whole system worked out with Uh, I think it was Mindjet, Mind Manager, Audio Hijack Pro, and Skype that would let me, as I recorded audio, I could hit a hotkey and it would record timestamp and add a link to the timestamp in my notes, in my mind map. Nice. Yeah, and it was all based on uh, Audio Hijack Pro's Apple Scriptability. And it was... um, it was just extremely nerdy. I think maybe I think that post maybe got a few hundred hits. <laughs> <laughs> I think people well, read the title and were like, okay. Yeah, moving but
1: along. Who, but the few hundred people who read it loved it, I'm sure.
0: I, I yeah. Yes. There there are those <laughs> there are those types. Kindred spirits out there. Absolutely. All right. All right. So what's your second pick? I'm gonna go
1: and uh I'm gonna go ahead with BB edit. Because I looked through time. your site, I look through your site today to see if anybody had chosen it. And of course, you know, no, you guys are all really cool using Sublime Text Five or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm when I left uh, TextMate a year or so ago. It's I really thought I was going to use um, go into Sublime because it's you know it's Python based and I know Python and but I really just. Got into BBEdit because it gives me it. It, um, it ramps you up more slowly. It you can start using it without knowing much about it, and it works the way you expect it to. You don't have to do a lot of configuration early on to get it the way you like. Um, and but it grows with you as you learn more about it. It's a very deep. And, and rich editor. It's got lots of stuff in it. It has an incredible AppleScript library, and everybody hates programming in AppleScript, but BB Edit almost makes AppleScript programming fun because you can actually accomplish things with AppleScript in BB Edit, and its dictionary makes sense. You sort of, oh, look, I, you start, well, maybe it should be, uh, maybe the terminology should be this. And it turns out to be that it's exactly what you thought it should be, uh, which is not all that common with Apple script. It really isn't. So, oh. uh, it, it's, uh, things look good. The support is good. The, uh, when, whenever I've had questions about something, uh, I get an answer then neither that day or the next day. And the answer is spot on, uh, it's just a great product and obviously it's been around for what 25 years now yeah. is it or 20 years um, it, it, this it is no spring chicken there's a there's a lot of good stuff in it and it it shows
0: and I've I've worked with support uh, with the support crew for BB edit and when when you discuss Apple script with them it's obvious that they have a certain amount of passion for at least BB edits AppleScript library, and they know in and out what it's supposed to do and why it would or wouldn't do things in a way that I don't find true. Most developers add AppleScript support as an afterthought, and they don't really plan the dictionary ahead of time to work with the methods built into the code. It's uh, they they read an AppleScript yeah. dictionary that that talks to what they've already written but BBedit it's always been apparent to me that they kind of have always planned it to be scriptable via AppleScript more than anything else.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the way um Emacs is essentially a Lisp engine that happens to do text editing. I mean, it, it's Apple it, AppleScript it goes okay, it's not quite that deep, but it but it goes way deep into it. and the apple script is really there at the core it does very fundamental things and that's what you need when you need when you're trying to create a command or a macro or whatever whatever you want to call it or a filter that does very specific things because you do the same thing a lot of times and you want to squeeze out every last keystroke and get the cursor exactly where you want it and move things here and move things there. I, BB for that um, BB at is better than is better than TextMate ever was.
0: I w- would also have to say I had dinner with Rich Siegel a little while back at WWDC. How's he doing? I, I worry about rich cause I, <laughs> I, I worry, you know, if he decides
1: to retire or feels in you know, that I, I you know, is he going to go away? I'm, I'm hoping that I retire before he does.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his retirement plans, but I can tell you he's a really great guy. That was a really fun dinner. And he had new tattoo. I couldn't oh, tell you exactly. Uh, he had his uh, he had his avatar tattooed and he mm-hmm. had a, he has a chemical structure on his arm. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Caffeine. Is it? caffeine? I don't know. I don't know.
1: I feel stupid now for not knowing. But for a programmer,
0: I would expect caffeine to be.
1: If you're going to have a chemical structure, it would be caffeine.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't venture a guess. Chemistry, the only reason I passed chemistry is because I had a teacher with a really short memory who would do problems on the test for you, and then you could come back up 10 minutes later, and he wouldn't remember that you were the kid that he just did a problem for (laughs) and wouldn't recognize his own handwriting on the question right before that one. You could talk him into writing hall passes, like, like passes to leave school any time of day just by saying you were part of a math team. Or it was For someone like me, it was a bad resource to have. <laughs> well, the, I generally did not enjoy
1: chemistry. Uh, but the one part of chemistry I did like is the part that most people don't like, uh, people who are actually good at chemistry, typically don't like organic chemistry. Uh, I loved it because it was all about drawing. And building little models, and uh, that of course fit in with the sort of structural engineering uh, bent that I had. So uh, you know, oh yeah, four arms coming off of a carbon, two arms coming off of an oxygen, one coming off a of hydrogen. How do we put these three uh, these things together? Oh, cool. So
0: I could see maybe being interested in that, but I tried to read a girlfriend's uh, organic chemistry textbook once, and I, I got a headache. Like so, so within two pages, I think I was supposed to help her quiz for a, uh, for a test and I, I could not, my brain just does not wrap around things like that for some reason. Well, I hope she broke up with you. She did. Good. No, Good I think it was the her. other way around, but I can't oh, say sure. she, she probably doesn't regret it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. BB edit. I'll admit, I use Sublime Text, and I love it, but it is not Mac-like. No. And I miss that.
1: Because it's it's so multi-platform. It is. And and I am lucky enough that I do not have to be multi-platform.
0: I Uh, don't either, and that's why I very rarely will even use a Java app. I generally will only use Cocoa apps because they're just so much more fluid with my system. mm -hmm. I just... There's something about the toolbar in BB Edit that's always scared me away. Well,
1: you, it's it, well, it was big. I mean, it would—that's it, why it crowded. was scary. It was gigantic. I don't have it. I don't have it showing. What used to scare me, because uh, when I was using TextMate, uh, you know, BB Edit was progressing and it went, you know, eight and then nine, and uh, the thing, and, I, and every time a new version came out, I'd read the release notes, and start thinking, well, maybe I should go because you know TextMate hasn't been updated and, geez, coming on in a, a few years here. Um, and I, and what's, what would scare me away from BBEdit uh, during those years was its preferences. Its preferences system was gigantic. It's still gigantic. <laughs> but it used to be, I would say, pretty poorly organized. And since BBEdit 10... It has become incredibly well organized and inviting, and that was a big help.
0: So you don't think raw JSON files are inviting? Honestly, if I wanted to, if I
1: wanted, <laughs> I look. I was an Emacs user for for several years, and uh, that was back in the day before Emacs had had these had this ridiculous uh, attempt to to have a, a GUI. For for its preferences, and I just write out the Lisp. I don't want to do that anymore.
0: (laughs) I can understand (laughs) that. I I
1: I just don't. I don't think it's it should be necessary for me to write out a text file to change the default font size.
0: I I don't disagree. I don't disagree. There are things. There are there are sacrifices I I consider. Um. Valid when I choose my text editor, and I've made a lot of those sacrifices to use Sublime Text.
1: I will say, whenever I see demonstrations of the multiple cursor thing, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I start, I start to crave a little bit. Well, and you know, TextMate, that.
0: TextMate added the multiple cursor uh,
1: when TextMate when TextMate Two came out uh, in the whatever the hell he called it. it was Super I guess duper Alpha well he called it an alpha but it was really a beta cuz frankly he doesn't know me from Adam why well, I wouldn't be getting an alpha yeah. uh you know it was open okay. to everybody so it was a beta and when i first opened it up and it looked completely different from the textmate that i had been gotten familiar with for for 5 years or more however long i used it um no how longer than that um that just seemed wrong to me and there were times when the font got big, you know, like different font sizes within the same document. Um, and I said, no, I, can't. I have this thing where I'm willing to put in work to learn a program. Absolutely. But if my, if my first impression of how, it, how the develop if the developer ships it with, in a style or a setup that looks completely alien to me, My sense is I'm not going to like it because the developer and I don't see things the same way or even close to the same way. You know, little tweaks here around around the edges, uh, which eventually lead into a complete reconfiguration of the program. I can can handle that. But uh, when you start out with your – when I first open your program and it looks like some alien thing to me, I'm not going to end up using it.
0: I can understand that. I can,
1: and BB Edit. looks like a Macintosh editing program. Right, as soon as you open well, it up.
0: And the first time I ever opened TextMate years ago, and was faced with this white screen with a cursor and no toolbar, nothing. nothing. <laughs> and yeah. I, it, it took me almost a year after that first experience to really dig in and make it into my own editor. And I used TextMate religiously for years after that but yeah that first impression was it was alienating. Oh, yeah uh, what what the hell do I do? yeah
1: and then you open up the preferences and there wasn't much there no and and i and i was using BBEdit Edit at the time and when i when i you know started playing around with uh textmate the other thing about textmate in those early days uh was that uh oh it just didn't work a, a lot of the features that were there in the menu and you'd, you'd run a command and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do. And I put it away and then come back a few months later and see if it was good. And eventually it got, of course, excellent.
0: Yeah, it did. Well, and, and Alan reading the textmate, like I was on all the lists Yep. and I would read all of Alan's conversations with everybody. And I will say that his responses to a lot of the feature requests and the arguments and even the BB edit wars is shaped a lot of who I am as a programmer and a computer user today, because I developed a really strong respect for his, not only his ability to say no, but his reasoned approach to everything he added to his application.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, yeah, I don't know him it just seemed like he, he burned himself out.
0: Those, I think, I think that's very much those true.
1: years in, in the mid 2000s, whatever 2006, 2007, somewhere around that time. He was so active, uh, on the lists and really improving the product so much. And, and then it just kind of all stopped. Yeah. And I can't blame him for that, uh, particularly. And certainly I got my money's worth out of, out of TextMate. You know, oh, um, I have
0: no complaints. He, yeah. You
1: know, he he owes me nothing. Man, I got I got years of use out of that thing for whatever it was—fifty bucks or something.
0: Yes, I'm with you. All right, all right. So my second pick, I think I'm going to go with song. Does your Sergeant. Pick
1: section usually last 45 minutes? Because that's where we're headed.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, see, it 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 doesn't always, but sometimes it does. And I knew that this conversation with you, the top picks, were going to take a little time. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah. Um, um Song Sergeant is um it's an application for your iTunes library that can do all the all the cleanup tasks that you've ever needed to do. It'll find and remove duplicate songs. Um it'll it'll compare uh duplicates to figure out which one has the better data uh and tags and then it will it can do all this while preserving your playlists and it can give you like a detailed, uh, list of what songs it wants to remove and show you the duplicates So you can decide maybe this duplicate would actually be better. So you can second guess it if you need to. And it's super fast. It's, uh, it's super, um, complex. Uh, it, it digs in deep to your library and will really clean up all the mistakes It'll show you what's missing, certain metadata that it thinks it can fill in for you. And it's $20. It's $20 with a free trial from Layerware. And it hasn't been updated for quite some time, but it is available on the Mac App Store. And it has been, for me, the best in its genre. It's, uh, I have,
1: you know, Merlin talks about, uh, I can't remember what he, he he has a, he has a few of, uh, utility programs that are similar to this that, that he talks about. I have never really felt the need to clean up my iTunes library. And I don't know whether that's just because I'm anally retentive about it or that I don't care. Uh, it's one or the other. Either my, maybe if you looked at my iTunes library, you would be aghast. I don't know. Um, but I have, I don't think I have a lot of duplicate. I have a lot of songs, uh, duplicate names, but they're not the same song. Or they're they're the same song, but they're different versions. Sure. There are are reasons I want to have different ones.
0: Yeah. For me, it's when things go wrong, uh, when transferring libraries, when merging libraries, things like that. Uh, That's when I need these utilities. In general, I don't add songs to my library that are duplicates. Mm-hmm. But it has happened to me in the past where I've ended up with just a mess of a library with four or five versions of the same song thanks to things like um iCloud and and uh, merging between various machines and trying to combine multiple libraries from iOS devices, et cetera. And I have created some messes and and this is how I've gotten out of them. Well I
1: well, uh, you know, I had uh, you know, I have didn't use um what's it called? Uh so what is it matching that uh, the twenty four dollar uh, service for is it? It's not iTunes. Is it iTunes match?
0: Match. Wait. Yeah. Did I pay t- how much for that? I did what? I, I thought it was twenty four dollars. It may be. I may have the gotten thing a developer that, the thing where you, you you it'll, it. it'll end up uploading all your all
1: your songs yeah. to to the server. And yeah. You match. Can, yeah. Yeah. I I didn't get into that. Mainly because my my first thought was Apple's going to screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way the first version of that is going to be any good at all. And from what I heard, that was uh, you know probably a wise thing on my on my part. I probably should move into it now, but I, I will say that um, the the things that I did you know go straight into iCloud with things for my calendar and things with contacts. And I have ended up with fifty copies of certain contacts yep. uh, every, every once in a while, and if and there was no, um, there's no contact sergeant program. Yeah, there is. As, there is. Oh, is there now?
0: It's Damn, No, I it's been it around hand. forever. It's called Contacts Cleaner. Really? And their icon is like a contact with little uh, like scrubbing bubbles on them, and it's oh, in the Mac App Store seen now. That. And it is it's spectacular. I, I have used it because I ran into the same issues. I had like twenty duplicates of some contacts. And what I contacts cleaner is great.
1: Really? Okay. Well, I should I should keep that. I haven't had the problem in quite a while. But uh, when it happened, it it was just and they would show up like maybe all on my iPhone, but I'd only see one copy on my yeah. Mac. Yep. Or one I've copy on one Mac, but fifty copies on another Mac. Yep. And fifty. Oh my God. And I, and I was just, I was fearful. I was afraid of which ones, which ones of the duplicate to, uh, to delete. Exactly. Because you get the sense, because you don't know anything about how it's working because it's completely opaque and certainly it's not working the way it's supposed to work. And I had this weird feeling that, you know, one of these 50 copies was the master copy. And if I, happened to delete that one, then they'd all go away and I'd lose that contact, which, you know, this is not like my aunt or something who I can pull that contact back. It's it's a client. I don't want to lose the client. Um, I, I don't want to have to go back and look up the, 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 uh, the information on him. Uh, so anyway, uh, I – so hence, I stayed away from uh, uh, iTunes Match, and as a result, didn't have a reason for uh, song sergeant.
0: I will tell you two things first in, in, in regards to contacts, contacts cleaner does an awesome job of finding all of the different aspects of multiple contacts and merging them into one master. And create like it will. It will create a single master and delete all the duplicates based on all of the information combined from all the duplicates, which is awesome. And second, with match, I I was an early beta tester as a developer in the program, and uh, and it did it it obliterated my library. It 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 was gone. <laughs> and one of the developers from the match team actually jumped on. I am with me. And walked me through getting it back and made sure that everything was restored. And ever since then, it's been flawless for me. Wow. But it was definitely, I was on the beta. I had, I was not complaining. I knew what I was getting into.
1: Well, yeah. When you're on a beta, that's, that's a different story. But, you know, it was after the release that you're you're hearing horror stories. Not so much, not, not your kind of horror story where everything (laughs) goes, but just, you know, it's not quite working. This is, I don't understand this. This seems weird. Things are slow here. This, you know.
0: But it was Um, so nice not having to have all my music on my iPhone, but being able to play any of my music on my iPhone. And that to me was worth a few glitches.
1: There's no question. The promise of it is spectacular. And as with most things with Apple, the promise is great. Oh, you don't have to worry about anything. It'll (laughs) all just work. It'll be wonderful. And... You know, after you've been around Apple for a long enough time and I've had macs apart from my my i mean I was on a hiatus there using Linux for seven or eight years but uh I, my first mac was nineteen eighty five it was the that Mac you'll learn not to trust Apple uh, especially <laughs> with online things and especially the first version of them
0: yes yes, could be said for just about any company but yes.
1: Yes, but you know, I, I would never, I would never even consider using Microsoft, which also does <laughs>
0: terrible things in its first versions and its eighth version. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So your third pick.
1: My third pick is going to be. Oh, let's let's say terminology. All right. It is uh, a an iOS app by Greg Pierce of Agile Tortoise and this people who, the guy who makes drafts that everybody loves. And terminology is basically a dictionary slash thesaurus app. And what makes it cool to me is how it leads you along to related words as, as you're going. And it's got, um, it's thesaurus uh, aspect the thesaurus aspect to it uh, has a very interesting thing. Instead of just giving you synonyms or or things that are close to being synonyms for the word that you're looking at, it it pushes you in different directions. You can go more specific or less specific, which is really useful. Um, It was something I'd never even thought of. Uh, I hadn't even thought that a thesaurus should do it that way, but when I bought this app and started using it, I saw it and I said, oh yes, that's the way it should work. Um, and I find myself, um, using it quite a lot when I'm writing. Uh, I just, I'm typing away on, on my computer and I set up my iPhone next to it and I use, uh, terminology, rather than the built-in dictionary app on my computer, uh, dictionary slash thesaurus source app, uh, because I find this uh, terminology's directional aspect just works better.
0: Plus, it integrates really well, or really easily, with any developer who wants to.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't know whether I've got other apps that uh, that dig into it. I've never used it that way. I just I just use it straight.
0: Yeah, I do too, were. quite frequently. But it does uh, like Writing Kit and and its ilk. Mm-hmm. I'll integrate with it. Do you use uh, X callback URLs like draft style stuff a lot? A little bit, yes. Uh, you're gonna love the next version of terminology. I can't. I don't think I can say much more than that, but. Oh, you've already
1: made me jealous. That's good enough. (laughs) Yeah, you, you, like you and uh, Vitici, you know he he has every app (laughs) that's being made in beta, and he keeps talking about them, and and it's like, shut up, we don't want to hear that. Have you seen editorial? No, I have not seen editorial. I am one of the five people on the planet who do not have a beta of editorial.
0: <laughs> you want it. Believe me, when it I'm comes sure out, I you're going to be blown away. You know, I don't get the cool betas like you do, Brett.
1: Well, if you asked, maybe. I don't even know enough to ask. How did I, who, <laughs> what, what am I supposed? Oh, you make Pythonista. What are you making some cool uh, text <laughs> editing app? Why, why would I ask that?
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how, I think people contact me, people, I have a, I have a reputation for being a decent beta tester and a good, uh, good talker when things come out that I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, well, it is true. I don't do a lot of app reviews Yeah, because and I'm I'm terrible at, well, I think I do really, I do good app reviews you, when you I do, do them.
0: You do detailed and thoughtful app reviews.
1: But I don't do them for like a couple of months after, after right. I have it because I don't think I know anything about the app until I've used it for a long time.
0: That's why you have to beta test.
1: That and way well, on the
0: day it comes out you've already used it for a few months. Yes, but you know,
1: <laughs> who has me beta testing? Nobody. James Thompson, who I love and he's and uh he's, he makes the greatest calculator This is not one of my picks, but I'm gonna throw in PCalc one more time, because I always throw in pcalc if I can. Uh, it is uh, if you're a calculator person, it is a it is a great uh, it is it's the best calculator uh, for uh, for an iPhone.
0: It's officially in the show notes, good with the forty two icon, right?
1: The forty two, yes,
0: brilliant. All right, I'll get you some betas. I'll have, I'll have some people, up my people. Talk I'm probably to your a ter- people. I don't, you know, I'm really good with
1: I'm really good with James in giving him feedback. I don't know, he, he may not think so, but I think I, I do. And, uh, but it is true, uh, with the one other program that I've been a beta tester on, I have not been, I have not been good at talking about it. It seems to keep working. I don't know what to say, uh, about it. <laughs> See, here's so. the thing.
0: Vitici earns every beta he gets because that guy offers so many details and uses every possible aspect of an application the point where he will point out bugs in areas of the application I didn't know existed. So he he earns his betas. Me I'm more of like hey, no, it works. It's fine. I did find one bug, but here you go. Yeah. But I you know, I like to think I'm a good beta tester. Well, I'm I'm
1: I like to uh well, like in Notesy's early days, um and I bought Notesy, and then I became a beta tester for it and uh there were some, it had some nasty bugs at certain times, especially with syncing there in the early days. Um, but, uh, and, and PCALC really doesn't have bugs so much. Um, it, it's had, there's one, there's one button in PCALC that I think I can claim to be mine. <laughs>
0: nice.
1: That I, uh, and I'm not going to say what it is. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I was the only person who asked for that and it came in. Because nobody else would, would think to ask for what I asked for. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. It's, yeah, it's, it's on my resume. All right. All
0: right. Where are we? Is it my pick? Yeah, you, you have a uh, third pick. Third pick to go. I'm going with Geek Tool. Again, it's like BB edit. I can't believe we haven't mentioned it before, but I don't think we have.
1: I love Geek Tool.
0: I right now it's showing me that it's seventy-two degrees and clear and that it's clear for the next <coughs> hour. It shows me that my processor is pegged at two point two six and it shows me my top ten CPU processes, my top ten RAM uh processes, and then it happens to be uh monday august the 12th as we're recording this and i have a pie chart of user versus system uh processor consumption (laughs) all right well you have
1: me beat because i'm on my air rather than (laughs) on my this is my air but my well (laughs) you know that's your breath (laughs) on my 27 inch iMac though uh, I have, well, the only thing I have on, on my air actually is a, um, is a, uh, dark sky graph. Nice. Uh, that's telling me nothing right now because it's not going to rain for the next hour. Um, but when there is rain coming, I get a little graph. I get the usual dark sky type graph, although it's a graph of my own design, uh, from their data at work. I have that. I have, uh, a more conventional text style, uh, weather prediction and current, uh, current temperature, current barometric pressure, wind speed, all that crap. I have, um, the thing that's probably the most useful is an edited output of the previous night's super duper update, Nice, which lets me know, uh, whether it worked or not. And it's just a simple little thing. It's just a few lines. And I can see, oh, yeah, you know, it started at uh, 9 p.m. And it was done by 9.30 or 9.40 or whatever it was. And good, that's about normal. Fine, everything's everything's working fine. And uh, when Duper is not working fine, when it doesn't work well the night before and I come into the office, I start getting concerned. So I, I dig in right away. And the nice thing... Nice thing about it is, even though it's just text, the pattern when there's when something goes wrong, the pattern of that little section in the upper left corner of my screen looks different enough from the normal pattern of, of a good backup that I see it immediately.
0: Visual there's just no question.
1: I don't need a big red button. I don't need anything like that. It, it just the fact that the shape of that little three, four lines of text is different, tells me immediately something went wrong last night.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, for people who aren't familiar with Geek Tool, I should, I should probably describe what it does. No, let them figure it out on their own. No. <laughs> no, it's not my nature. Um, it, uh, it, it lets you put uh, shell commands, the output of shell commands, the output of... Uh, so you can point it to images. Uh, you can point it to, what's the other, there's a third type shell commands, images, whatever. It puts it all on your desktop at like a desktop level. So you can shuffle your windows out of the way and you can see all of this different type of data, everything from what's
1: It'll that? It'll give you the contents of a file.
0: Right. Oh yeah. File contents. So you can have it tail a log you can have it show you like all these things that I described before with weather and processor information. You can even have it uh, like for my weather, I have my script changes the, a certain file, uh, a PNG file. It changes it to the current weather icon based on the weather forecast. So, nice. so I actually get like an iconic representation of the current weather on my desktop using the image capabilities. Um, which is actually a script. If you happen to check out Geek Tool, um, there's some scripts on my website that I will link, and uh, they can do all that for you. And it actually comes in ten different languages now. I made a localizable weather forecast script, and it it is had it has been lo- localized into everything from Norwegian to Japanese. It's pretty cool. I yeah, like
1: yeah. I like when people contribute. It is, and uh, it, it was just translated into Russian. Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The
0: Most recent translation is Russian.
1: Do you show uh, what's playing in iTunes uh, through Geek Tool?
0: No, but I've 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 tried I've, out your scripts for that. Ha ha ha! That those are pretty cool. Those are pretty cool.
1: There, yeah, I, I get the little I get the little album art popping up in my lower right corner, and then the the title and artist and album.
0: See, I use. I use Simplify. Have you seen Simplify?
1: I have not. Well, maybe I have, but uh, tell me.
0: Um, it's a Spotify and iTunes controller. And ah, okay. it is. it's excellent. And it, it has a whole API that you can design your own. Uh, they call them jackets. Mm-hmm. So you can build your own like cover art type of little widget on your desktop. So and does I it build- act
1: so- sort of like a mini player?
0: Yeah, it's like a mini player. It can, can you it can give you like uh system-wide hotkeys for music control on it does radio, Spotify and iTunes and it can control web-based players like GrooveShark. Mhm. Um and I built something called Sidecar for it um which is also a link on my site. It is um they've actually included it by uh they've included it as a default theme now in, 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 uh, wait, 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 simplify. Sorry. Whoa. What do we, did I lose you? No, you didn't lose me. My, I, I loaded a simplify website and it started playing automatically. So I (laughs) muted real fast. Well,
1: you were very fast. I didn't hear anything. Uh,
0: I'm like a ninja, but, um, (laughs) But yeah, sidecar is it's like it's for twenty-seven inch screens, mm-hmm. and it like it takes up the whole left side of your screen and gives you this like big progress meter that like drifts down the side of your screen. I like it a lot. Now uh, I have to say
1: that uh, Geek Tool kind of goes against my normal proclivities, which is to have nothing on my desktop no photograph i have a bl- a solid blue background color that's it i try to keep the icons just to what i happen to be downloading or messing with right now uh sometimes that gets a little bit away from me but and so normally i would not like something like geek tool but it is so useful to have these little bits of information in certain well-defined areas of, of my desktop, that I I break my uh, my minimalist uh, aesthetic for the desktop to put those things on.
0: Do you have a toggle for it though? Do you can like for me if I get if I get annoyed with the background noise, I can just type uh, I can load up launch bar and type toggle geek tool. I just type TGT, and it turns geek tool on and off for me.
1: I don't. I use, uh, but if I have to do something like a go to meeting with a client and I've got, I don't want crap like that showing up in the background, I'll throw up a backdrop.
0: Yeah. Which, which, and I
1: have backdrop set to be exactly the same color as my desktop. So it just covers everything up. And in case I've been in the middle of something and I've got more icons on the desktop than I want. And, you know, so I just, I just cover everything up with that.
0: I I I I use uh, I use Apple Script to do something equivalent, but I actually mm-hmm. like reboot Finder without desktop icons and change my backdrop oh. and or change yeah. my desktop picture. T- toggle Geek Tool, turn off Simplify, and then I have a stop. I, that's <laughs> if I type start screencasting, that's what I do. It does, and then if I type stop screencasting, it all comes back for me. Nice. I'd be I'd be better off, obviously, just running backdrop. But backdrop is pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. I have a whole, I have a whole slew of those. Like for a little while there, when the early, the early distraction-free days, mm-hmm. there were dozens of, of, basically apps that would just put a blanket over your desktop.
1: Right. Yes. And, I was like uh,
0: quiet. Quiet was a good one. Quiet and backdrop. I should add those to the show notes. Why not? How
1: long are the show notes now?
0: not long enough. I feel like I never link half the stuff I actually say. Oh, I'll put that in the show notes. <laughs> um anyway, okay, so that was that was 3 and 3.
1: Yes, plus a little.
0: Yeah, I, and then some. Um so let me tell you about our last sponsor of the day, which is PDF pen from Smile. Um If you need to do anything with PDFs, you need PDF Pen. You can add a signature, make changes to text and images, correct a typo, fill out forms, and that's only the beginning. You have a scanned document. PDF Pen includes OCR, so you can convert the scanned text to something that can be searched, copied, and corrected. If you want to remove sensitive information such as tax ID numbers from your PDF before sharing it, PDF Pen can perform redaction, removing the stuff you want to keep private. The big news is that PDF Pen 6 is now available, and the new features make it more powerful and easier than ever. The interface and tools have been updated and improved, and now you can export your PDFs to Microsoft Word format for sharing and editing. If you want to see the new features in action, check out the great video by my friend David Sparks, where you can see this new, these new features at smilesoftware.com 5 x 5 If you buy PDF Pen for $60 in the App Store, or you can get it directly from Smile, You can also buy the PDF pen pro for a hundred dollars and get the advanced features like form creation tools and the document permission settings. And you can find out more at smilesoftwarecom slash five by five.
1: You have forgotten what an essential part of PDF pen. And that is it's Apple script dictionary, which is excellent. Um, It is. uh, I have, I use it. Uh, when I'm writing reports at work and I'm doing a draft, I have a uh, an Apple script that goes through and takes the PDF that I have generated through my extraordinarily convoluted markdown to LaTeX, or no, markdown to HTML to LaTeX to PDF <laughs> uh, system and sticks a the word draft uh, on top of every page in uh in the thing, nicely tilted and uh, with a, with a certain transparency. So you can see through it Um, very easily done in, uh, in uh, PDF pen. I have PDF pen pro, but it would work in PDF pen as well.
0: So Um, not only is it handy, it's nerdy too.
1: It is. Yes, exactly. Handy and nerdy.
0: And I will say that the uh, the
1: uh, change to the user interface with, uh, version six, big improvement, much easier to figure out what the little tools do on site, you know, immediately, especially if you're a person like me who doesn't use it every day, you kind of forget how things work. If you're not, because frankly, the the things that I use every day or use quite often are all are automated so i don't i don't deal with it a lot i i i launch scripts that run it and uh, i often don't use it itself for a month at a time and the new user interface is much easier to recognize at a glance and just see what everything does because it's got a lot of powerful tools up in the toolbar
0: awesome that was that was good publicity (laughs) you're giving away for free i am yes Awesome. I love Smile. I love I haven't used a lot of PDF pen, but I love everything they do. Um cannot beat Cannot expander. beat the Smile. Oh, Text you Can't expander. beat Text expander. Well, let's not even get started. We're out of time. Oh man, we should have a whole show on Text expander though. I think we just say can't beat Text expander.
1: That's that's enough. Enough said. I I that's they that can be their slogan. i give that one to them for free. <laughs>
0: All right. It's, it's, We have one more sponsor today. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one hosting platform that makes it easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code Popsicle. Squarespace is constantly updating their platform with new features, new designs, and more support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really create your own space online. Squarespace takes care of hosting, SEO, and even makes sure your site automatically looks great on any device. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. While you're there, make sure to go check out their new homepage, too. It has awesome videos that are so beautiful that show you how, to, how Squarespace fits everyone differently. Make sure you click the little arrows on the sides to check out all the cool videos. Squarespace is always updating their site with fun new branding that you can't help but be inspired by. As I mentioned earlier, you can you can try Squarespace for free, no credit card required. And if you decide to purchase, it starts at just $8 a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. Make sure to get 10% off and support the show by using the offer code POPSICLE. So go check out Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right, so you are Dr. Drying on Twitter, D R D R A N G. Yes, and sir. And you blog at leancrew.com, L E A N crew.com. Mm hmm. Is there anywhere else you want to mention?
1: I don't think I am anywhere else. That's I think that's it. I, tr- I perfectly keep it. Well uh, I keep it uh, short and sweet. Awesome.
0: And I am Scoff on Twitter and AppNet and just about everywhere. And I am blogging at com. And thank you so much, Doc, for being here this week.
1: My pleasure. This has Thanks been really a lot. fun. or me too
0: awesome Uh, we'll see everybody in one week thanks for listening